0: Hi, welcome to season two of Real Nurse Stories. In this episode, I interview Sonia Goodwin. Sonia is a passionate nurse leader and also the CEO and founder of Sunny Street, which is a a social enterprise organization that Sonia set up along with a colleague of hers um, that started out as a service being provided from a car boot on the Sunshine Coast. Sonia is passionate about delivering pre-primary multi-generational healthcare for vulnerable people. She has a huge goal to extend the services that she currently provides so that they can be a national service one day. This is a fascinating journey into Sonia's nursing career and how she made the decision to jump and her geronimo moment as she calls it and her journey into setting up her social enterprise there are so many takeaways in this story and for me it just highlights how many avenues there are for nurses um, in terms of career progression and so many choices so I hope you enjoy listening to this episode I would love to hear your feedback enjoy listening Hi Sonia and welcome to Real Nurse Stories. I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to interview you today and I'm really grateful for you taking the time out to share your story today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much Eva. It's just an honour to be here and to actually have the opportunity to to share my story. So thank you so much for having this um, this podcast platform. Wonderful. Ah,
0: You're welcome, you're welcome. So what I'd like to do Sonia is start right at the very beginning of your journey into nursing if that's okay and if you can just share a little bit about how you came to be a nurse and you know we'll start there okay
1: yeah sure sure um so it was probably early to mid 1990s um i finished grade 12 um in new south wales and decided um to, I, I thought either I would be a nurse or a teacher, which I think were probably very uh, typical roles um, for women, young women to go into <laughs> then. Um, and so I, I secretly wanted to be an air hostess, but I kind of didn't tell anyone. Um, so I applied, <laughs> it, was, it was always the dream. Um, however, I got into nursing, um, which is wonderful. So that was it um, in Lismore, um, down at the University of New England, Northern Rivers. I think it's called something very different now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. I graduated and decided to move myself um, on my own from New South Wales to Queensland. So I would have been all of around 19 at the time. Mm-hmm. Specifically, what I loved, um, you know, we went through emergency nursing, um, you know, ICU, uh, medical surgical wards, aged care, community. Specifically, what I loved was the aged care nursing, which which isn't a popular choice. I no. think um, quite often emergency nursing and things like that are, are much more attractive and, um, you know, uh, fast-paced. But for me, I, I feel like I've been a relationships nurse for a very long time.
2: Mm.
1: Um, I've very much appreciated sitting with people in their um, space, holding space with someone and letting someone tell me their story. Um mm. And just that connection that happens um, so beautifully in nursing I found that with aged care um you know that that was you know, there was great opportunity so I moved to Queensland and started working um up at Sandgate and in aged care I, so mm. <laughs> I graduated went into aged care um I loved it yeah. I have been an aged care and a community nurse for a long time Um, I have worked in the hospital systems and and that's fantastic. Um, But for me, the the opportunity of community nursing, walking into someone's home, uh, I quite often think of people's homes as little storybooks. And (laughs) sometimes, you know, uh, it's decked out in the 70s decor and there's a little individual there also fitting that picture. And sometimes you walk into homes and they're modern and then there's someone who's dressed to the nines and I love it. Yeah. Um, So just the relationships. Um, So I've been fortunate to work in areas I love. As I've gotten older, though, I've ended up working in the last decade, have worked in leadership roles Mm -hmm. um, in private and public health systems, uh, which I've loved as well, love leading um, management roles as well um, and have also taught at um, the local university here on the Sunshine Coast. so as I've gotten older, I've, I've preferred that leadership role and had great opportunity, um, yeah, and educating. The, the fact that we that I can, um, you know, teach people, teach other nurses how to care with very, very strong va- positive mm. values um, and, and try to be really real about the profession mm. has been really important to me. Mm. And I guess I always personally wanted to work um, for a group that yeah. uh, will very true to their vision and mission and values as well yeah yeah so i in the last uh go back about 5 years ago i started working in public health system uh, in Queensland, and uh, absolutely loved it. Um, I was leading, I was doing all kinds of things, leading different teams, and working in education and creating change has always been a very um, important thing to me. A positive change for patient outcomes, um, and also to really lead with purpose with teams. Um, I find that it's easier to manage people's purpose um, when you're when you're leading a team rather than manage behaviors yeah. um, if you can find yeah. out why um, another nurse is standing there in front of you and providing the care they're providing then that's you know that's mm. um, so much easier yeah. Um, yeah yeah so I was working in Queensland, Queensland health loved it um, primarily working in a role where I was in charge of around 30 nurses across five different hospitals mm-hmm. and what our role was was to get people who were experiencing really co- complex you know, discharges that had complex care and really had difficulty getting home so not not, not your typical um, person who's really well supported yeah. um, you know they have access to transport finances have yeah. a high degree of health literacy yeah um, and, and can go home yeah um so yeah very very well linked into systems and and family and people that's always wonderful um (laughs) but but it's always great but then there are the people that um you know the health has dramatically changed since they've come into hospital and they perhaps don't have the support systems that others do they may not even have family they may not have a home Mm -hmm. um they may have really complex needs. They might also have issues with finances or live in poverty, um, mental health issues. There, there's, there's, a, there's a whole, there's a, a plethora of reasons that people find it difficult to get home or even have one. Yeah. So our, yeah, so our um, service uh, across five hospitals, that was our job. Um, we were all little problem solvers um, Uh. <laughs> Like solving solving puzzles. Um, and so yeah, those nurses were dedicated
2: and and absolutely loved them, loved working with
1: them.
0: Um, what that's, I found Yeah. That's sorry. really I like the way that you describe that as problem solvers, you know, and the bit the, it's like the bits of the jigsaw, isn't it? When you have a yeah. complex situation. Some people don't like that, but there's a lot of challenges in there, and it also it, it can be hugely rewarding to see all those pieces come together and that enables that person to be able to leave hospital to wherever they're going with with that support but they're challenging they're very challenging because of the complexity
1: yeah very very challenging it's um i think you know um yeah i definitely had a team of little problem solvers and i think nurses inherently are in a yeah. Um, and so, you know, sometimes there's system um, there's some confines around that. Yeah. But if you, if like I said, if you can lead with purpose and find the purpose in, in why, you know, someone wants that difficult yeah. role, it is hard.
0: Yeah. Um, it
1: is hard to get people to find solutions where there aren't any in society yeah. for someone. Yeah. So, um, you know, when we would get someone home who, who, you know, no other group could, or it looked like it wasn't going to happen, um, we would all celebrate. Um, we would have lunch or you know yeah. high five and that kind yeah. of thing. So it was really, <laughs> but, you know we did we did a good for someone. Yeah. Um, and so yeah up to problem solve the next issue. Yeah yeah that's great that's great yeah. though. That was- yeah. So the but one of the issues that we that I um we had great difficulty um solving was um watching people represent in emergency departments mm. who consistently um either had issues around um, mental health, um, they uh, unsupported mental health issues, um, drug addiction or use issues. Um, also, they had no home to go to. Yeah, um, They had no support, um, no transport, um, limited health literacy. And these people um, consistently, um, hundreds and hundreds of people, um, consistently coming through those doors. Mm unfortunately emergency departments are not the place for um it's not appropriate care um they do amazing work but not for people who need you to stop and 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 really sit yeah
2: um
1: so it was a massive gap and one of my roles was to to find a way to look at representations and find a solution since we were all such great little problem solvers yeah um (laughs) so yeah so uh, that, that was a that was a that was a tough one that's that's really there's such a broad range of reasons and um, at that stage I met um, a friend of mine um, dr. Nova Evans and she was also um, you know tasked with getting uh, people who, who had complex health care issues home mm-hmm. so we kind of joined forces um, as a team which was which was really great and we started to try and problem solve this um, what i guess what happened was it was difficult to create or find a solution in a system where there are perhaps at times innovation ceilings yes yeah so we we tried to do what we could do um but we came up against issues consistently Mm. Um, and, and often uh, working with older systems, um, it's difficult to bring in new processes. Yeah. There's a lot of tape, there's a lot of, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of all those kinds of yeah. wonderful things that happen um, in those services. Um, and, and, and I guess that slowed it up a lot for us. Um, but we could see the same people turning up to emergency departments, people trying to fall asleep in the emergency department so they could just get rest. Yeah. Um and, and seeing their health deteriorate and watch them, watch them yeah. every easily every month come through. So one time um there was a, a palliative care fund fundraiser and for our wonderful palliative care team. And so, you know, we thought we'll go along to that. So I went along uh, with my friend and it was essentially a networking meeting as well as a fundraiser. So at the end there's wine and nibbles and all those wonderful things. Um, the movie we watched was based on an, a doctor in India who saw an issue, um, a, a social issue, um, especially around palliative care. People were literally dying in the streets um, with no dignity, no pain relief, um, people with no one, no support. Yeah. And... We watched this movie. What he did was he ended up creating a warehouse kind of situation and he, he got volunteers to come in, nurses and other doctors, and they cared for people from the streets, um, took them in and provided dignified deaths. Um, there was someone to hold their hand. There was someone. They didn't die alone. No. Um, they died with less pain. Um, and it was such a profound movie to watch. Um, it was striking, um, you know, and it, it it really touched me. So, in the um, at the end of this movie, the he posed the question of he asked the audience, "Are you really doing the best and the most you can for the people, for the most vulnerable people, for the people who need it most?" Mm. And you know, that's the question. Mm. And so, the movie ended, and and everyone left, and then I sat there with. Um, my friend Dr. Nova Evans and we just sat there, we were the only two left, and I said, I don't think, I don't think we are. We're not reaching the people. Okay. We're seeing people coming back and coming back. And I don't think we're we're, we're doing everything we truly can. Um, at that stage I realized that the working within the system was a huge barrier. Mm. So we went away. We decided to go away for a weekend. Take our resumes, like um, the absolute nursing and doctor geeks we are. Um, I mean, obviously, I know if you go away for a weekend, you take your resume. Um, <laughs> sounds like a good weekend, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so we we took our we took our resumes, sat in different spaces in, in Brisbane for a whole two days. Talked about our values, our working values, our strengths and weaknesses that we were aware of, um, how we would work together. Um, and what would be the what what would we focus on? How would we best is it possible to create a solution? Mm-hmm. Um, are we brave enough to create a solution? Um, courage was a big conversation that weekend. Yeah. Um, at that stage, we were both the uh, um, major main breadwinners for both our families,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and we have um, between both families eight children and three three grandchildren. So it was it was a it was a big discussion. Um, we also had permanent managerial roles, um, and every all of you know, all of my friends said, Sonia, don't do not think of leaving. It takes, <laughs> do not don't give up your day job um straight remuneration it's safe it's everything you ever want you know um and uh yeah I decided to not listen to that uh, all of that um yeah. <laughs> advice yeah and the next day um I went to work uh along along with Nova and um resigned from our public health sector roles as managers um gave five weeks notice because i was responsible for a large team across a lot of hospitals um, and i also loved the team so i wanted to give them space yeah. to, to to deal um with with everything um, and and decided to do something very different with my career um, i didn't didn't I didn't plan on doing that. Um, I, I, you know, I finally had the permanent role and, um, you know, it it was everything that I was meant to want. Um, And and it just, I think when you're faced, I think when you're looking at people coming through the system who need so much more, I, I guess I just couldn't, stay asleep at night knowing that I saw it and I wasn't brave enough to do something about it. Mm. Um, And that bravery means losing financial security. It means um, giving up a a public health sector career. It means, um, you know, I'd spent a decade working in leadership and management, all all of those things um, and taking massive risk and and creating something that just simply doesn't exist in this entire Mm. region. Mm um that's
0: the that's the um when you think about health you know and the definitions of health it's always an issue isn't it that conversely those that actually need the most help are often the ones that don't have access to the right support and help for their health and I think you know that that it always astounds me that that you know, there is so much unmet need out there. And we just see the tip of the iceberg in health. And yet, as you say, there's this innovation ceiling that there's so many barriers that are in the way. And that's not deliberate. It's just the way that we've structured health that if you do have an, an innovative idea and you do wanna try and do something different, it's just so painfully slow to try and do that. And I think the other mm. thing that I, I really relate to as you were talking there was this whole don't give up your day job. You know, I have a lot of conversations with a lot of nurses about, you know, this being comfortable, you know, in a a job that you've got long service leave, you've got, you know, Super superfund you know, all of yeah. those positives yeah. but actually yeah. that in itself can stifle innovation because people get comfortable they don't want to lose that and it again yeah. kind of stops that I often think if we didn't have those things how much more innovation would we have because yes. it would encourage that it almost works against it in some ways. so I think
1: yeah it does, and I've heard the the concept of um, you know a salary and all of those the, the lovely remuneration is is a trade off for giving up your dreams.
2: Ugh, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. And and I, you know, I guess I, you know, sitting at home, I thought I can stay in the role and I'm safe and I can do well and it's pleasing yeah. to everyone to be honest. Yeah. It's very yeah. pleasing. Yeah. Um, and I guess I didn't in the end i suppose i didn't really care about being pleasing
0: um,
1: i wondered i thought i have possibly 20 to 25 years left of my nursing career what if, if i jump started my vulnerability what if i what if i was brave enough to take a massive leap um, get rid of get get rid of get rid of the salary and help people who clearly need it yeah like you say, it, it, it's the tip of an iceberg. But, look, it, I think my grandmother taught me when I was younger that you just need one person to make a connection with you and yeah. make a difference. Yeah. If there's one person that is the bridge that can't break yeah. for someone, Yeah. that can change someone's life. Yeah. yeah. So I wondered um, if I could create a service with my friend that, could be a the bridge that doesn't break for people who have had so so many things taken away or, or broken um yeah so so that's why I left I Sonia how
0: can I sorry to interrupt you can I just ask yeah. you how did you feel on, at that moment when you made the decision you'd gone in and you said I'm resigning how
1: did you feel? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm I curious. was curious. I was. It was funny because we were both sitting. Um, no, and I were both sitting at at a table having coffee. And I said to her, "We're going to do this. I'm. I'm. Do, I'm I have to do this." And, and and she's, "I'm have to do this too." I said, "All right." And it was funny because she was deliberating a little, and I thought, "I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go and do this. Otherwise, you know, we're just gonna sit here." Yeah. And um, it's it's kind of like goals, you know. You just yeah. need action. Yeah. Wonderful. We can all write down goals, but uh, not many of us actually. It's a point of differentiation, isn't it? So um, I went upstairs, and, and um, she came up as well, and um, she was talking to a nurse. And I sat there, and I didn't say a word, but I opened my um, out, um, email, and I just started typing. Um, you know, the, the the email, and said I'd like to give five weeks' notice. I was shaking as I wrote it because. Not one person said it was a good idea.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But of all my my people who were closest to me, um. And I my hands were physically shaking. And and then I press end and I turned around and said I just resigned. Yeah. And um. I I felt. I felt energized. And I felt. If I don't back myself, then. Mm. Then what? Then nothing happens. Yeah. I think it takes one person or, or many people if you can. Easier if you go as a group. But one person to decide, just decide and create action, and then from there, incredible things happen. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um.
1: And and that's that's what I did. I was shaking. I was not good at. I had all the advice to not do the thing. Um. <laughs> and then I did the thing. And you know, I'm I'm 48. Um. You know, the highest group of um, you know, the, the most yeah, the highest group of, of, of um, people in the streets that are rising at the moment are women um, of 55 and over. Yeah. So it was a massive decision um, yeah. for me in my mid40s to decide, yeah. um, 10 yeah. years off that, um, to decide to give up a, a public health career yeah. with yeah. fantastic remuneration. But, but you know there's a hell of a lot more people braver um, than me making those decisions so yeah so I, I took the chance and um yeah it, it's been quite the journey since
0: because <laughs> <laughs> you described that as your geronimo moment that's yes. why i was i was curious <laughs> to know the you know how you felt because you when you're talking it reminds <laughs> me you've probably seen that the simon cynic why have you ever seen that no, no. oh it's a it's a talk I think it's a TED talk if you put it into Google you'll find it Simon Sinek does this presentation about finding your why and following your passion and it's when you were talking there you know it talks about doing something that's important to you and the passion that drives that and you know, there's there's so many times I think in life where people try and drown that bit out, you know, but it's so important to who you are. And it reminded me as you were talking there about, you know, the finding you why and the purpose and the meaning of finding you why is yeah. is just reminded me of that when you were talking.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely that. And I think that's part of it. I think yeah. if you can find it. Yeah. But then the other part, the most important bit, is acting on it. Yes, absolutely. So sometimes we know what our why is, and we, you know, there are there are um, there are a lot of people who who have a lot of dreams and yeah. could create incredible innovation. And the difference is action. Yes, um, Yeah. And and that's yeah the, the Geronimo moments that <laughs> that you, when you're frightened and everything says don't do it, and but yeah. there's something else in you that is. Calling for you to do that thing. Um, yeah. That that's a big moment. That's a massive Geronimo moment. I've had quite a few of those in the last of <laughs> years. Uh, since, since I began Sunny Street. So um, yeah. So we had for the first for the first year um, when I when when I began um, we, we started out of a car boot. Um, so we we decided to focus on homelessness. Um, out of all the things to change in the world, because you know, I. I, I I kind of thought, well, look, if I'm going to do this, I, I, I want to make a, a positive impact, um, actually, in, in Australia. I yes. don't want it to be yeah. small. I want it to really, really change the way we do things because, you know, in, in so many aspects we need to in healthcare. Um, I wasn't sure um, if I if I had the skills or bravery to do it, but in the last two and a half years, I've, I've proven to myself that I do. Mm. Um and I think as uh, as long as I focus on the result, um, then, you know, that that's helpful. Every time I go to a clinic um, and sit with a patient, um, sit with someone um, who doesn't have some anywhere to live or there's no conversation, there's no support, there's no love yeah. um, or kindness in their life, if I ever doubt what I'm doing, doing. I, I, yeah. all I have to do is sit there and go everything we're doing matters um you know every every clinic we do saves lives so decided to focus on homelessness because um this the second largest group at that time were children under the age of 25 in australia Mm. um experiencing homelessness Mm. and because i have four children myself um you know i thought you know it it just really struck a chord with me
0: yeah
1: um and yeah so i thought for the next 20 25 years um I could dedicate myself to trying, trying to impact the healthcare care and, and even the connection for people um, who haven't been heard and are typically stigmatised. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I started out of a car boot <laughs> um, with the nurse's kit from my old community nursing days yeah. um, and typed up the assessments and they look really dodgy on a Word document. But um, <laughs> I don't have great administration skills, clearly. Um, but, you know, we ask the questions and it's been a m- huge learning curve. It has been a huge learning curve. yeah. Um, and, it, and it's been um, something I've absolutely um, enjoyed the entire time. And, my gosh, I'm really good at failing um, and I'm really good at learning um, <laughs> and innovating. Um, I was saying the first year that, um, you know, you kind of have to when there's so many mistakes you're making um, and as long as you're you let the people lead you um, to find solutions, you know, that's a really good barometer to have. So, yeah, yeah, I I definitely let our our patients and and friends on the street, you know, help guide. Um, But for the first year um, I was told that it was not um, a good idea. Um, It doesn't exist, so how how could I create it? Mm. Um, I was told um, that it's not possible or that that particular person couldn't possibly do it so therefore I couldn't Mm. um so what I did was I wrote every time someone told me that it wasn't going to work I wrote it down on my phone um and I titled it motivation so that I could look at that and push through and and, uh, I'm a bit of a rebellious character (laughs) so every time someone told me I couldn't do it I thought I probably can (laughs) so um, I probably can, um, yeah. It's like, it's like when um, someone <laughs> says, no, you
0: can't do it, it sometimes serves as the biggest motivator ever, doesn't it?
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly what happened. So it was It was wonderful motivation. Um, and uh, I thought people probably speaking from their own experiences rather than me, what they see in me. Um, I didn't know my own capacity, but I thought I was going to trust it anyway. So I still yeah. have that list. Um, um, people don't tell me I can't do it. Do, do it anymore they just ask me what's next yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. Mm. but it was yeah it's been quite quite an, an incredible journey and has absolutely changed my life in so many ways and um I'm so glad I Geronimo'd at that, at that <laughs> point um yeah
0: so you're tell me a little bit about because it's your what you've set up is a social enterprise isn't it yes yes because yeah. that's yes. not easy either is it there's not that many social enterprises in australia i know from a lot of work i did in the uk in the community there was a lot of social enterprise kind of momentum this this was back a few years more than a few years ago now but it was it almost supported um statutory services by encouraging social enterprise but it's not something that you really see or hear a lot about here so
1: that in itself
0: is a challenge isn't it to set that up it
1: really is um it was a decision um we knew early I knew that I had to get the business model correct um I actually thought this will be a charity because we, we're dealing with people, people experiencing homelessness and vulnerable populations. It's yeah. to be a charity. It lends its, its benevolent work. Yeah. Um, however, um, had an interesting conversation um, at, uh, a few years back, right at the beginning, when we were just kind of looking at what we we're doing um, with um, Steve Baxter um, at River City Labs and also his um, CEO, Peter Ellis.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I remember saying, you know, um, we're going to set up a charity and and they both challenged, especially Peter, um, challenged that idea. Um, because it, I guess it's quite easy for um, women to create charities yeah. um, and quite traditional um, to do good work. And I guess it's easy to easier perhaps to stand up in front of a charity and saying, Yeah. This is a great thing. Support this that we're doing. Yeah. It's harder if you're not a charity Mm. um, and you stand up and say, support me in doing this. Mm. Um, It's a very it 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 makes you more vulnerable. The so the social enterprise concept, I decided not to not go down the path of a charity. It's definitely easier to get money Mm. um, for sure. It would have been we'd be doing things a lot quicker. But this, the world of social enterprise, essentially where the company is a, a private company, mm. where a percentage of your profits go back into assisting your mission mm. um, and to provide, you know, providing that benevolent care, um, I decided that that would be the way, better way to go because it, I guess it also gave our patients and our teams... Um, more, more say around their own the direction of the company yeah. um, rather than having that governance board we do have an advisory board and they're amazing yeah um, but we really wanted the service to be led from the ground up yeah
2: um,
1: there were multiple reasons there were also around the charity space um, issues around eligibility criteria so essentially we'd have to uh, have a criteria to, to almost prove someone was vulnerable to access to service. And, you know, I never wanted to stand there and ask a woman or a man if they're vulnerable enough yes. to have a conversation about their life yes. and yeah. their care. Um, I don't think you can put a criteria on that because no. if you say you're not homeless and you do have access to food and services, that could be yeah. a woman who is in a DB shelter. Yeah. Um, it can be anyone off the street, to be honest. It doesn't matter who turns up to see us. We yeah. are there. Yeah. Um, and so we, I guess we didn't want those constraints, but we also wanted to be have that, um, you know, social responsibility. So we're we're answerable to um, our patients, our yeah. teams, um, our advisory board also provide that assistance. But you're right, social enterprises are, uh, are only new. Yeah. Um, and yeah a very different kind of system but the the freedom around those systems to grow and and create what we truly need or what people Mm. truly need is is much more um accessible and profound
0: and you're also leaving a legacy in that way aren't you as well because of the engagement and the way that you've set that up that that almost continues which from what you've said is your you know your vision and how how you see it going forward that that it is an important part of your vision so it, it makes sense that it would be a social enterprise as opposed to a charity yes yeah how 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 is your what you do received by the people that you work with how do they because for them where there's been nothing in that space that must make a huge difference to have access
1: yeah, to you and gym, your team. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've had um, it was, it was quite incredible when we first began. Um, in the first year, um, we our stakeholders, so um, groups like community centres that we work with. Traditionally, our model is that we head out, typically in evenings, um, and link in with a service that already has food, laundry, and provide a wraparound service for two hours. Um, adding health care to that, um, we decided to go out to where people were at, uh, meet people where they're at, um, because usually it's already, um, there's trust that has developed yeah. with local service providers and psychologically safe space, um, which, which, which was a fantastic way of, of starting. The stakeholders themselves, um, we have never in the last two and a half years, we've never had to look for a place to go and set up. Um, in fact, we've there's there's a lot of um, groups that we we just simply can't move that quickly and help.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: so we've had a lot of um, a lot of uh, interest. Um, it's important for us that our values align with the groups we work with, and yeah. where they haven't, we've um, removed the service because we need to stay true to our values and our and our patients um, uh, and and our, our reputation as well as a quality service. Um, The stakeholders are interesting because um, we've had um, certainly some people who, um, one chap who just um, started crying, got teary Mm -hmm. um, because he said that, you know, for around seven years they've had people turning up with clinical issues um, and haven't had any, you know, healthcare support. Um, And uh, I remember actually, you know, leaving my number. He'd rung and I left my number and he said, Um, we've been we've been working with them for two and a half years now he still has a post-it note that has my number and name on it yeah because yeah he said it's just so needed so our stakeholders yeah it works really well our patients um oh goodness so mixed um and, and and all incredibly positive um we had one woman who sat with us. Um, we have a conversation-based model of healthcare. So we yeah. it's not quite the typical. Yeah. You don't go see a, a doctor or no. a nurse and that's it. Um, we sit with people and meet them where they're at in their healthcare journey. And that could be that could be anywhere. Yeah. Um, we, we can look at someone and they perhaps you can see 10 to 20 things that you know you need to sort yeah. out. Um, but really it's what's initially what's important to that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we that's the model that we've created um and that we work from and it's it's a beautiful connecting model um where where health care professionals take time to hold space with people yeah. and we had one lady who um you know we we sat with her and she she was in tears she hadn't she said she hadn't talked um, or, or felt heard for 30 years,
2: mm.
1: um, and so you know, obviously, then you know, we were in tears too. We've had people. Um, I think we had. Um, there's been several people um, who have died on the on the beaches up here. Um, mm. You know, quite unknown, um, just infections. Um, you know, around flu season, things like that. So, mm. just little little things like you know, providing. Um, Antibiotics to people who are making the decision around p- purchasing antibiotics or food or yeah. Um, yeah. feeding their daughter versus antibiotics, or yeah. you know, people people just dying from infection yeah. um, because they they can't financially access um, it's something as simple and um, as antibiotics, or they can't get a script. We found um, it, it just so much more. Create, I guess creating access for people by going to where they're at was so much better than creating another four walls for yeah. people to come to. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: you know, it's difficult for people to access GP uh, centres and mainstream healthcare because of health literacy issues. Um, you know, they can't write on the yeah. form. Um, there isn't often the time to, to assist with that. They need to sit quietly in a space until their name is called. Um, especially when there's anxiety or behavioural issues. Mm. Um, and, and then, of course, the time constraints, which which is um, not, not the fault of GPs. It's um, our Medicare billing system. Yeah. It's um, time-based time rather than outcome-based, yeah. um, which is horrible. Um, so, you know, we would like to change that and rally to change that too. So, you know, to, to actually have a space where people come and sit was profound, um, uh, we also um, pay for people's medications if they're making those tough choices. Mm. Um, we, we're just trying trying to break down every barrier to give mm. people the health care they need. We weren't initially sure um, whether the uptake would go well. Mm. Um, our first clinic was an event, because um, mm. why not? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can't do things in halves. More than <laughs> um, And so, yeah, we so, so we thought, look, we had... I had five nurses, two there were two doctors, there were thirteen nursing students, and I and I thought, oh my goodness, um, you know we'd we'd not done a thing before, um, and I and so we had a little scrum before and said, look, as long as people might not approach us, they don't know us, so maybe even if we can get have a conversation about what we're doing, um, and and start to establish that trust, but in those four hours we saw forty eight people, um, and it was a frenzy. It was people really wanting to understand their healthcare, people wanting to understand their medications, people wanting to understand implications of certain um lifestyle actions. Um, it, it has been profound. So uh, we, we have people, um, you know, patients who have just been in sit with us and then just they're in tears because mm. someone's just sitting and listening. It's mm. it sounds we've just we've obviously missed the boat, you know. Um, so we're trying to impact, mm. um, you know, that that I guess it's pre-primary healthcare, mm. um, create a pre-primary healthcare system mm. for vulnerable people in Australia, mm. um, so that they're not hitting emergency centres, so yeah. they aren't dying on the beaches, so yeah. that they do have access and their children have access as well to, yeah. you know, a healthcare, so we can affect a multi-generational yeah. healthcare. Yeah.
0: yeah. How is how is what you you're doing Sonia being received by the health services generally is that is there collaboration there are they open to that in terms of you know I know you have a goal to expand this much more and I just wonder how that how you manage that interface because the work that you're doing is really valuable in the sense that you know again as you're talking I'm just thinking you know to be able to give people an opportunity to understand a conversation-based health assessment in itself is a massive shift because in a very tick boxy world you know that what you what you're essentially doing is giving someone the time and the space and that's not something that for all the reasons you know health isn't always configured to do that so there's massive learning opportunities from the work you're doing for for other nurses and health professionals but i also wonder kind of about that interface with health and whether they're recognizing the impact that you're having around that
1: yeah i'll, I'll address both those um, points there um you're very right around um the model being quite different um, and having that time and space um, we, I've certainly when I first began, I just wanted to get in and assess someone, and yeah. you know, pre, yeah. you know, provide yeah. uh, interventions, evaluation. You know, we're we're brilliant. Nurses are brilliant at yeah. all those yeah. things. Um, we're taught well, um, and we're taught, <laughs> and we're taught within the confines of yeah. our time and funding. Um, but I guess you know the the based healthcare model that we have encourages um you know people to take that time but also to have i really also wanted to draw out the innovative spirit um and minds of nurses yeah um so essentially um we're where i'm working with a team of problem solvers yeah again, um around really you know great complex health issues um that haven't been perhaps touched for 30 to 40 years mm. um it is very different and i've had uh seen quite senior nurses have said to me how did you ask me did you find that transition difficult to go from very clinical you know, i can see what needs to change for you yeah. to just stopping and holding space with someone and taking time and and it is a big shift yeah. um you don't realize but it's a massive shift yeah. Um, yeah. and and a beautiful shift and it needs to happen um we've also got um nursing students from several universities, social work students, occupational therapist students and medical students um, that are part of our system. Yeah. Um, and We take those wonderful students on board to try and mess with the minds of the young um, <laughs> uh, to, really, yeah, to really look at a person. Um, you know, we, we say patient-centred a lot, but, but truly. Yeah. Um, truly. Yeah. You know, meeting someone where they're at in their health journey. So, it's it, we love that opportunity. Um, we we had an opportunity to speak to be keynote speakers um, with uh, AMSA, um, uh, the Australian. Um, it's a, a medical student yeah. association, um, and we spoke about love and kindness um, mm. and time and mm. and pace in healthcare. Mm. And the we had one chap. He was he just finished his medical degree that year, and he said he wrote to us and said, "That's the first time I've heard kindness being mentioned in healthcare, yeah, yeah.
2: Um,
1: as a philosophy."
2: Yeah.
1: So it's something that um, I'm really passionate about, and as a nurse leader, if I can if I can sh- show that way, um, then then obviously um, and, and ask people to give themselves, other nurses to give themselves permission to lean in into someone else's space mm-hmm. and become vulnerable as well, that um, mm-hmm. that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, around other healthcare prof- uh, sorry, groups, um, it's actually been, I, I guess it's actually been very positive. Um, we had to be very careful at the beginning to not set up a service that fractured care yeah. um, because we initially were seeing people on the streets and some people had doctors yeah um so we had to be very careful and watch our communication and say we've just seen you know communicate with that service um, so we actually have some great relationships between GP centers um, along the coast. Um, we also have GP centers who contact us um, and ask us to see you know to catch mm-hmm. someone if they, they can't quite catch them. <laughs> um, we also have the beauty of, of um, so many um, volunteers and, and teams. Um, team members, uh, nurses and doctors and paramedics in Sunny Street is that quite often they're working in the hospitals that our patients turn up to. So we have this great advocacy um, all of a sudden we're typically in a hospital situation, if you've got someone who's homeless and drug-taking and, you know, showing these behaviours who are typically, um, you know, problematic and they take more time, um, we, we have a little system where we ask the patient if they're okay with any Sunny Streeters. Um, you know, making contact with them. And so what happens, what has been happening is having that advocacy in hospital where you've got someone who, a Sunny Street doctor or nurse, who then says, I know this person. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden they have an advocate and yeah. um, they have a, someone who knows the history. It's It's been profound. But yes, we've had around five emergency departments, five hospitals across Brisbane who have asked us to come and speak um, to their emergency departments about the opportunities around discharging um, people who experience homelessness mm. um, who or who don't have a GP. Mm. Um, GP practices, um, we haven't had any great concerns with in any way. And also um, local councils are very aware of what we do. Mm. And if someone's being discharged into bushland after a, um, a hospital admission, then we get the call to mm. see if we can go and check on them next to the, the creek up at NUSA or that's, wherever.
0: <laughs> that's great because that's almost like almost full circle isn't it from yeah. where that idea and that you know the insight into what can we do to make a difference and you've gone and you've set this up but it's kind of coming back round in that they yes. they're working with you which is testament to your hard work really but that must be really rewarding for you to to hear and see that happen
1: yeah it's um sometimes a bit pinch worthy to, and, I, and also to have the validation from uh, large health services yes. to say, yeah. actually, we need help. Um, yeah. there is yeah. a solution, um, and and we think you're it. So we've had, you know, one particular hospital very keen um, and working with us on, on you know, discharge pathways yeah. um, for vulnerable people. We've, it, it's just, it's it's just the tip of the iceberg in relation to um, the collaboration between health services and actually um the service that I've created, um Sunny Street is very um is is an integral part mm-hmm. of um of, of that entire yeah yeah, yeah cycle. Yeah, yeah circle. Yeah. 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 So it's um yeah, it's quite validating. Um and I can't believe it was two and a half years ago that um my geronimo out of the public health sector <laughs> yeah. to create a service that is now um you know being reached out we've got yeah. even even my old team um you know have made the call and said look where are you guys because yeah. you've got this complex yeah. patient yeah yeah and so i'm like hi that's great. that's great <laughs>
0: And I know, I know, Sonia, that you've got a goal, a huge goal, to take this even further, haven't you? Tell tell me a little yeah. bit about your goal. Um, so,
1: as I said, we started out of a car boot and Rootchydore, on Sunshine Coast. Um, we're now, we run 12 clinics a week across Queensland. Um, uh, so we're up at Harvey Bay, Maryborough. Um, we're Gympie, a lot on the Sunshine Coast, Brisbane Central. Um, and the Fortitude Valley and also the Gold Coast, Um, my vision is that it's had such profound success and and impact in in people's health um, that I want to see and um, I want to push for the Sunny Street Service to be um, the first nationally coordinated healthcare system for vulnerable people in Mm. Australia
2: Mm.
1: so that... um, People living in poverty, which is around 1.2 million people in Australia, and, and, and you know nearly 800,000 of those um, people, children, um, have equitable access um, to healthcare when and where they need it, um, and then regardless of, of their barriers. So, I've given myself 10, 20 to 25 years to do.
2: That. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, just something I'm
1: going to do outside my day job. <laughs> so it's, yeah and
0: also to be honest it's funny because oh, I, I'm doing a lot of work <laughs> at the moment around um kind of taking my business forward and one of the things I keep hearing is that your vision should scare you you know because yes. if it's not yes. scary enough it's it's yeah. not big enough and I just yes. think you know that's yeah it's a fantastic goal to have. And I, you know, I've no doubts on your your determination and how you've got so far in what's relatively a short period of time, you know, it's, I I have no doubt that you will, you know, get there. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's fabulous to hear. But I wonder, you know, in terms of getting there, that's going to require probably some partnership working to take you to that next step and is that something that you you're working on at the moment or you have connections with people who can help you to get to realize that goal actually because it's a hugely important
1: goal it is a it is an important goal after probably the first week after I resigned I um, started writing the policies and procedures for the service based on a national model yeah Um, you know, didn't so well, that was there then was at the beginning? Um, yeah. yeah. If we're going to yeah. do this, it's gonna. Yeah. We're just going to do this. It's yeah. not going to be something that sits in a backyard. Um, but I, but I wanted to um, try and impact Australia's backyard. It's so uh, the partnerships. In the first ten months of beginning, um, we had um, different areas, different groups in. Melbourne, um, in Sydney, Newcastle, um, Geelong, um, Adelaide, uh, Brisbane, the Gold Coast, Townsville, um, a lot of areas across Australia reaching out and saying we need this here now. Mm. Um, I made the decision to not expand in those years, um, obviously, because... You know, it would be great um, for footprints and, and all those things, but we're talking about healthcare
2: um,
1: and, you know, which is, yeah, we're talking about healthcare and um, the foundations, getting the foundations under a healthcare system is very, is vital. So regardless of the outcry, um, the positive outcry um, for Sunny Street to go national um, very quickly, um, we, we just couldn't... Um, we have a database that has collected the doctors, the nurses, the community groups, um, all of those people, um, you know, who, who want us, who want, have wanted us two yeah. years to expand. Um, we've been working um, and looking. Sus- expansion is a huge issue.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and yeah. it requires careful planning. It requires sustainability plans, culture, yeah. looking at our culture. Um, you know, that's very important to us, our model, that that doesn't um, fracture Um, so it's a lot of planning Um, we will absolutely get there um, in the next couple of years but um, yeah it's the partnerships um, we've we've got a couple of partnerships that are already um, have national reach Mm -hmm. um, which is beautiful and everyone's just kind of sitting in the wings and waiting and um, we just we sent out our um, recently we've sent out our survey again our yearly survey and to our stakeholders and, you know, we say, is there any way we can improve the service? And, you know, for the last two years running consistently, the feedback has been expand sustainably, get this out there, um, more nurses, more doctors, is needed. So I don't perceive any um, great issue around that um, and the partnerships. Um, we've been working hard for two years um, to, to try and make a sustainable service in, in this region. Meaning Queensland. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Because, yeah, why not think big? Um, But, yeah, so going national, yeah, it's inevitable. Um, We're also um, looking at, we're not looking, we've got, we're in planning um, around in the next couple of months creating the first Sunny Street Centre on the Sunshine Coast uh, because we realised that we actually need that to close the gap um, around clinical Mm -hmm. governance. Um, so that people have a place to go to get um, uh, more comprehensive health care from us yeah. so we also plan to run those across australia yeah. as well
0: and I guess so, it's sustainability is a big a big thing in terms of what we talked about earlier in you know kind of you want it mm. to be set up in the right way to leave a legacy and and yes. sometimes the the rushing to expand is not always a good thing is it you know once you have the model and you know that it works and you've got you've got that and it's very clear then that that becomes easier to extend that out but I guess the need the need for those services is driving that you know inquiry and that people wanting to be involved which is a positive because it's saying yes. this is doable it's it's yes. when it's doable that's the issue isn't it not yeah not, and that,
1: that's right
0: yeah yeah not
1: when um some uh, I, I just have to make sure that I set that pace yeah rather than yeah. um have the rest of the company yeah. set it yeah. <laughs> so, a yeah. couple of yeah. last
0: things that I want to ask you because it it, it your journey and your story is fascinating and I think you know one of the things you said about nurses are good at you know managing and problem solving and I just normally I ask you I would ask a question about you know what advice would you give to a younger nurse but I'm not going to ask you that question I, I'm I want to ask you What advice would you give to a nurse who's listening to this and thinking, I've got a fantastic idea, it's something that I really want to develop and Mm -hmm. thinking about making that leap? Yeah.
1: What advice would I give? It would have, the advice I would give would be, if it was based on me, I'd Geronimo, I forced myself into the role um, there's a lot more sensible people than me. Um, I think it's very important to get outside of the healthcare
2: sector
1: mm. when you're looking at a new idea. Mm. Um, originally when I'm, you know, the whole concept of Sunny Street, I did not remain in the healthcare sector with the idea. Mm. I would give someone the advice to not remain or, or rely on the opinions or um, or knowledge of people only in the healthcare sector, certainly ask the questions. Um, But there's also limitations within systems you're already working in. Um, So for for me, I would suggest, um, which is exactly what I I did, which was so incredibly beneficial, um, was talk to people in the healthcare sector Mm -hmm. um, and people who have um, have entrepreneurial um, streak or spirit um, who can give you critical advice, um, you know, Kind of like um, I think Brene Brown calls them the square squad where, yeah. you know, people, you don't want people who are going to say, yeah. oh, you're fantastic, or people who go, this is this completely never going to work. You want someone in between who goes, great idea, but what about this? Yeah. Um. So if you have a square squad there in healthcare, um, they're the people to talk to. Also to look at the entrepreneurial space. Um, that's why um, I went to River City Labs and, and, and met Steve Baxter and mm-hmm. Peter Ellis and incredible entrepreneurs who were uh, who were uh, problem solvers? Yeah. Um, who thought outside the box? Who pushed the boundaries with things? Um, and you know, you need to be sitting amongst people who think like that. It doesn't matter if they're in data. It doesn't matter if they what, what their what their product or service is. Mm. You need to be able to think with someone who, oh, sorry, sit with someone and think and see how be influenced by the entrepreneurial um, values and thought processes. Mm. Um that was very important for me. And the third for for me, um being a female, um, I also started to reach into um, those female or feminist spaces, because yeah. as a woman it is it is um, there's greater difficulty around um, pushing yourself out yeah. into a space. Um, as a CEO, um, yeah. you know where it, there's consistently, um, a question around whether there, there's a male director behind you or mm-hmm. someone helping mm-hmm. you. Um, so those those three areas. Um, if you're female, sorry for the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. in healthcare, look into your health, look for your square squad. People are mm-hmm. going to we going to challenge you, but not in a um, yeah. yeah, negative way. Look at entrepreneurial um, spaces and go and sit amongst it. Immerse yourself in it. Um, that, that, you know, challenge you. Um, yeah, I think, and I just think that, um, I think also reading. Reading has been, is probably one of those um, things that has kept me very um, resilient. Um, so, you know, reading motivational books, reading people yeah. who have gone out and, and made a decision and taken a chance. And um, because resilience is so incredibly important. Um, if you don't have that level of passion or, because it gets tough um it gets so tough and if you don't truly believe and and have a direct vision um on on your impact yeah on on what your, your product yeah. or service's impact will be yeah um it's it's easy to get toppled over yeah. so um, yeah. anything that helps build your resilience yeah. yeah and that was that
0: was you've just led very nicely into my <laughs> last question which was
2: how <laughs> oh, <beautiful. laughs> you
0: how because you you've got such an energy you know a a literally a a can-do positive energy and I I wonder how you balance that Sonia for you in terms of you know the whole resilience and recharging hmm. your batteries because it's 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 not an easy undertaking setting a business up by you know it just that in itself is hard, but you, you've you also working in a space where it is challenging. There's not nothing really or there wasn't anything there, you know, that compounds that. And I just wonder, how do you protect your resilience so that you can keep driving forward to achieving your goal?
1: Um, I think I'm um, I think I'm very rebellious and. Um, I don't mind a challenge. So for me, if there's an issue, it's often seen as a challenge. So my perspective on what a problem is, yeah. um, it help is helpful to me. Um, I, I, I usually think there's probably a way to get around it. Um, there's probably <laughs> a solution. I think understanding, um, looking at that, understanding whether I have control or influence in a situation. Mm. Um, If I have neither of those things, I don't spend my time in that space. Mm. Um, I'm very protective of my energy um, and my energy meaning the time outside of work as well. Um, So I'm very deliberate with my time outside of work with people Mm. um, and who who those people are um, because those people that I spend my time with will influence me greatly. Yeah. Um, I, I spend a lot of time on my hammock, <laughs> doing nothing. I don't know anything. great. I, I, I love hammocks. They're great. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I think it's very soothing. The whole yeah. and, Um Honestly, for years I have um, the quiet time because I live um, because you know there's oh the, well, there's a lot of pressure on me in the role, um, and you know I, I I do the social media. I do the the operational component, uh, less clinical than I used to now. Um, that so, so many uh, human resource management, um, all, all of those areas, um, are, are my role, and and more, so much more. Yeah. So I need the stillness. So stillness yeah. is really important yeah. for me. Um, and also, um, I guess having mentors, um, and those mentors can be other entrepreneurs who did great things, um, who just. Geronimo who, yeah. you know, um, took action, who and I think I, it's also just turning up to clinics and, and sitting in the gutter with someone um, who, who wants a conversation and um, I, I, I can't deny that. I, I, I sit there um, and I, I, can't, I can't stop this. No. Um, it makes such a positive impact. Yeah. Um, there, was, there was one evening I was meant to go to the theatre Um, with my family and um, I had a nurse who called in sick and um, so I thought oh well I'll go because the the group that we were um, working with were for children Mm. so quite often our youngest patient has been about two weeks old Mm. um, but typically you see eight-year-old
2: and
1: um, you know eight to 18-year-old children Um, so I thought oh I can't let that go Um, so you know um my family went to the theatre and I thought, oh, you know, is it a sign that I, you know, I have theatre tickets and, mm. you know, I shouldn't go. And then I thought, oh, I don't have a nursing kit. Oh, that's definitely a sign, you know. <laughs> um, and then um, I thought, oh, you know, stuff for signs. Um, I'm going to go. <laughs> that's a re- rebel in me again. Um, so I, I drove to Brisbane. Um, so I drove for, you know, 40 minutes and turned up with, Absolutely nothing but my conversation skills. Um, but it was the most profound night. I, um, I sat with someone who had experienced, um, you know, se- serious sexual trauma um, for most of her life. Um, she was just travelling through from the Gold Coast um, and had not shared that with anyone. And it just happened that I was sitting there that evening um, when she came through and... Um, so I sat with her and talked with her and, um, you know, we looked at different supports and things, but, you know, to share that space, it was heartbreaking. And um, it was just fortunate that I was sitting there listening. Um, and also yeah. had someone else, um, lovely, lovely um, girl turn up who wanted to end her life. And so I sat with her and, um, you know, we worked through that. We called the ambulance and, you um, off she went, and um, you know, contacted her the next day. She's okay. Um, so I went out. I went outside to leave. Um, it was the, the end of the clinic, and there was a chap sitting in the gutter. Um, he was too old to go into the children's um clinic um so sitting outside and needed food so i you know asked him you know i got him some food and then sat with him in the gutter and we just talked about his life um, he was sitting in the gutter with a, a black eye and he was holding ice to it he'd just gotten out of the watch house um, and he had been a city planner previously um, had multiple degrees which is quite often what we find um, you know, people are you know can can be really well educated, and you know there's just <sighs> events that happen um, that just cause you know the situation to be as it is for people, um, which which really means it can be any any of us in a situation. Um, so we talked about his life and how he got to where he is now, and um, and then we sat down and tried to figure out where best he could sleep. Um, where would be safest um, and and where to to put his money. Um, We found a really good spot in his shoe Um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, a really good um, place, uh, fairly central, that had really good security cameras, Um, which is, you know, just how kids sleep on the streets too. You know, normally, you know, we grew up in beds and, you know, we could hear our parents in the lounge room talking or walking and it was so comforting. Um, But so many of the children that we see, um, don't haven't had that, and they don't have it, and they're comforted by the eye of a security camera instead. Um, so that that was the clinic I attended with with no bag, with every reason to not go. And I think you know that's that's what motivates me. Um, that's what gives me resilience, knowing that you know the positive impact is profound. There's not one clinic that we do that doesn't save a life will make a positive impact and quite often we don't know what that positive impact is um so there's lots of things that help me be resilient like time on my own space peace Mm -hmm. um reading about other people's um you know incredible work and bravery it takes to do Mm -hmm. do something big um but also it is just sitting in in spaces and and living that truth and um
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and and knowing that that's exactly why we're doing what we're doing um, mm. and that always is at the forefront of my mind because as soon as I, it's just not good enough that I'm, I'm tired or at times or that I can't find the solution or I don't know where the next lot of money is coming from or it doesn't matter, it's just tough. Um, mm. I just have to find solutions um, and, and be quite resilient, and make sure I take care of myself um, mm. By having by having really good strategies around me, um, burnout is very real um, for founders, yeah. Um, yeah. as well as healthcare professionals dealing yeah. with trauma, but yeah. also for founders because it's your business. You know, it's yeah. um, you know, you're something you're passionate about. Passion takes energy, um, but passion yeah. also gives you energy. So yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, and I think holding that space for someone and listening to their story, it it actually is hard work work, mentally hard work it's not physical work but it's that whole being in that space and as you said at the beginning you know being vulnerable allowing yourself to be vulnerable and to listen is it it is it's mentally exhausting so to have that balance of peace and quietness it is what allows you to do what you do really well
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: it's hugely hugely important if people want to know more about the great work that you do Sonia what where can they find out more about you Uh,
1: so we have a website um, which is sunnystreet.org however we're very active on Facebook and Instagram um so you can definitely see all the good work we're doing there um and and there's email addresses on the website or you can message on Facebook or Instagram mm-hmm. um I'm also on link, LinkedIn as nurse Sonia Goodwin because um <laughs> I'm a very proud nurse leader <laughs> um and so um, I have to put the title nurse in there um yeah and yeah so nurse Sonia Goodwin happy for you to link in and have a conversation it's you know, and if you're out there thinking of, of taking that leap or having a Geronimo moment of your own or jump-starting your own vulnerability, mm. then please connect. Um, I'd be happy to, to you know, to talk and and to give you some, you know, advice if you needed it and, and mm. share my experience. So, and, mm. you know, we're all in this together and, and you need a good squad and tribe beside you. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Sonia, it's been a real pleasure today to listen to your story and to, you know, just your passion and your enthusiasm and your motivation is just something that I think is very inspiring to others who, you know, may be thinking about stepping out and into that entrepreneurial space, whatever that might be. And I, I really wish you every success with achieving your goal i've no doubt you're gonna do it and i maybe <laughs> we have to have a sunny a sunny
1: part two. <laughs> yeah that's right you'll see the, the, the sunny street pink and yellow everywhere. yeah yeah across the yeah. nation why not <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah thank
0: you for your time today it's, i really appreciate that so
1: thank you yeah and thank you for um you know giving me a platform to speak but also advocating for nurses it's yeah. it's something that's close to my heart that you're doing um you know we need more of our voices out there um yeah. you know and um holding hands together and and moving yeah. healthcare forward into the future yeah. so thank you for providing that and giving me time no you're very welcome you're very welcome